subject of the mind of Christ. I've been dealing with this subject here over the last few weeks, the mind of Christ. Um, I want to dwell on this subject and continue on that. I've been uh, speaking a little bit here from the same book and chapter over the last few weeks. The praise team sung a song uh, just a little bit ago, uh, and some of the words, I don't know the title of the song, but the words of that song was, Jesus, you can change everything. Jesus, you can change everything. I actually wrote that down. I just opened up my notes here, and I just wrote those words down, that Jesus, you can change everything. I begin to think about that statement. I begin to think about uh, those words that, that they were singing, and a few things came to my mind. I begin to think about the stories uh, that are in the book of Mark and also in the book of Matthew uh, and how they are contrasts and how they are different. And I begin to think about uh, there were blind men um, and they, uh, one of them, we, we know the name uh, because we oftentimes hear him spoken about and preached about, which was blind Bartimaeus. What's interesting here uh, is that the book of Mark talks about two blind men, and the book of Matthew mentions the one blind man by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. And I find that fascinating because if you understand the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you understand the Gospels, first of all, uh, it is my understanding and belief that the book of Mark was actually written first. It was the first gospel uh, to be recorded, the book of Mark. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not in order as they are in the Bible, all right? Uh, but the book of Mark was actually written or recorded first. If you find, and what's interesting, people ask me, uh, when I read the Bible, when I read the Gospels, which one should I read? And I, and I say to them, well, it matters what you're looking for. Uh, if you like uh, very vague details, very vague, just, just give me the highlights, give me what I need to know, and that's all I need. And uh, you read the book of Mark, because the, Mark, the book of Mark is very vague uh, as far as what he records and what he writes. Now, the book of Mark does record the most miracles, though. So if you enjoy miracles and reading miracles and a lot of the other gospels refer to the book of Mark. Uh, and so the book of Mark records the most miracles, but it's also very vague and not a lot of detail. Now, if you enjoy detail, you read the book of Luke. Luke was very detailed. He was a physician. He was a doctor. So we expect them to be very detailed. Amen. We expect him to be very detailed in what they do. Luke was a physician. He, he, he was a doctor. Uh, Luke was also a Gentile. He was the only Gentile uh, writer in the New Testament that I am aware of. He was also a Gentile. He was not a, a Jew. Uh, so if you like detail, you read Luke. Now, if you love genealogy and being able to tie in the Old Testament with the New Testament, you read the book of Matthew. Matthew goes through genealogy and it ties in a lot of things uh, that refer 
refer from the Old Testament to the to the New Testament. So you read a lot in Matthew where he refers to Jesus Christ as the son of David, uh, tying in the Old Testament that Jesus was going to come through the lineage of David into the New Testament. And if you love revelation and understanding and the deity of Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh, then you would read the book of John. John the Revelator, that's why we call him John the Revelator. He brings out revelation in great detail about who Jesus is. And that's why John is also the author of Revelations, all right? And I tell people, well, if you don't too much understand the Bible, don't go diving into Revelations, all right? Now, maybe start out a little bit easier in some other books. You might get lost in there somewhere in Revelations and feel like you can't swim back up to the top. And then you go call on me. I say, I told you, don't go jumping in the deep end. Uh, you better go help, go find somebody else. I won't do that to you. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's Revelations and that's the book of John. And, and so it matters what you're looking for. But what's interesting is, is that in this particular story, Mark actually brings out detail. He actually brings out detail that typically he does not bring out. Typically, Mark does not bring out detail, and Matthew only highlights uh, this blind Bartimaeus, but Mark is the one that brings out that there were actually two blind men uh, that were waiting by the, the sideline, if you will, I, if I can just use those words. They were off to the side, and as Jesus, the Bible says, was departing. This is what's interesting about this story. Can, can, can I talk to y'all just for a little bit? Uh, remember, Jesus he can change everything and so and, and, and so as Jesus is departing notice that detail because that lets me know that Jesus already went in one time don't we find it interesting that oftentimes we feel like we've missed an opportunity with Jesus Christ an opportunity has passed us and we can only hope that we have that opportunity again many times we ask the Lord please Lord open up that door one more time please God give me that opportunity one more time and oftentimes we are waiting for Jesus to just come back by well I'm here to tell somebody you're in the right place at the right time because Jesus is going to give somebody just one more opportunity but I'm challenging someone here today don't miss your opportunity today so now we find where Jesus has went in and in those days there weren't a, weren't a lot of ways to go in and come out typically there was one entryway they went in one way and they came out the same way so now Jesus has already went in and now he's coming back out now that he's coming back out we find that these two blind men are now crying out to the Lord saying Jesus Jesus thou son of David have mercy upon me because now they know that Jesus is coming back out because whenever even though they cannot see him we know that when you lose a sense all your other senses are heightened so they may not be able to see Jesus but they can hear the commotion they may hear other people crying out for Jesus they may hear other people saying there he is there's that one there's that healer there's that deliverer oh I'm talking to somebody here today I'm telling you, you came into the right church because you've heard other people say there's that church that star city place there's that place I heard Jesus is in that house I heard Jesus is in that place and wherever Jesus is you know that he's able to do anything you may have come here based on somebody else telling you you better come to this place I'm telling you deliverance takes place here healing takes place here miracles take place here salvation takes place here 
but now that you're in the right place now that you're surrounded by the right people you've got to cry out Jesus have mercy on me hallelujah because if they would have kept their mouth shut they never would have got anything if they would have kept their mouth shut they never would have got Jesus' attention sometimes we think just because we come into God's house we've got God's attention honey it's just an expectation there's churches all over this world where people are gathering all over this world mm-hmm Jesus responds to faith. I'm going to say that again. There are churches all over this world, people gathering all over this world. And I thank the Lord for that. But he responds to faith. And faith without works is dead. The Bible says that. That's not Eddie Robinson version. The Lord says that. So these people, these two blind men are displaying faith that the book of Mark speaks of. But the book of Matthew records a blind man and he mentions his name. Now this is interesting because me and Brother Carson have different views on this. Because I've asked, I said, well, why does Matthew record one blind man? Why doesn't he mention the other blind man? Brother Carson says, well, because we know his name. Matthew found out his name, so he talked about the one that he knew. There's a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus, and he's going to talk about the one that he knew. I don't disagree with that. Don't think y'all go get me and Brother Carson into an argument right now. <laughs> Grab a microphone. We can debate right now, brother. I don't disagree with that. Found out his name. However he found out his name, he found out his name. Matthew, though, was a very interesting character. If you understand, I'm not going to go too deep into who Matthew was and, 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 and to his history, but you can just, just do a little homework on who Matthew was. He, he was a very interesting character because if there's anyone was as somewhat detailed and particular about things like Luke, it would have been Matthew. Anybody know what Matthew's occupation was? Oh, yes, he took that money. He took that money. You ran from Matthew, right? You know when you get that 800 number on your cell phone? Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me in here, huh? Okay, good job. Great job paying your bills on time. Good job. Amen. We believe in that. The 800 number is uh, uh, voicemail. <laughs> Voicemail. Praise God. He was a tax collector. So he, he, he had some intricate ways and detail about him. So Matthew here is, notices that one of the blind men is named Bartimaeus. But what I come to find out and when I read these scriptures and how Mark points out too, but yet Matthew highlights the one, is that because I believe that one of the two did something different than the other one did. And because Matthew seen or saw was able to record that one of them displayed an action that the other one did not. Because remember, they both were blind. Because if one of them did something, the other one could not see it. 
Amen. So one of them could have took off running. The other one didn't know. Just kept walking. He didn't see it. The other one could have been skipping to Jesus. One of them could have been doing. They didn't know. Couldn't see each other. Are you following me, church? So in the book of Matthew that he records, we understand that once they cried unto him and once the people begin to tell them, be quiet, he's not here for you. Boy, don't you hate that. Don't you hate that when you come into the church hungry, when you come into the church wanting, when you come into the church thirsty, when you come to Jesus and say, I need a change, but yet people around you are trying to keep you quiet. But yet the Bible says they cried the more. So when people try to shut you down, you speak up louder. When people try to push you back, you drive forward. Don't let nothing stop you from getting to Jesus. Oh, can I stay on that subject? I don't care if it's your husband. Don't let him stop you from getting to Jesus. I don't care if it's your wife. Don't let them stop you from getting to Jesus. Because your family can be your biggest hindrance. Your own family. Oh yes. Your own loved ones, your family. The ones that's supposed to be pushing you for, they'll be the quickest ones to pull you back. And now you're caught. Now you don't understand. Now you're mixed with emotions. And now you don't know what to do. Do I obey the voice of the Lord or do I listen to my family? Because if I go after Jesus, I may lose my family. I have found when people go after Jesus, God will work on your family. I'm telling you, if you would just make up your mind to go after Jesus and don't worry about other people's opinions, I promise you, if you stay faithful to him, he will be faithful to you. I have found in my life, the closer I walk with Jesus and I say, Lord, I need some help because my family is trying to pull me down. God will say, you just stay with me. I'll work on them. So don't make the mistake of trying to draw closer to Jesus and pull on your family at the same time because you will become in a tug of war match. Oh, yes. And if your relationship with Jesus is not strong enough, your family will win. I wish I could talk to y'all in here. Your family will win. So they told him, be quiet. I could preach on that. Be quiet. He's not there for you. He's not here for you. Bob says they cried more. Both of them did. Both of them cried out. It got Jesus' attention to where he stopped. He said, Someone's hungry for me. Somebody actually came to church and they actually want something. Someone showed up here today and they are in need. Remember, Jesus changes everything. I love when Jesus messes up protocol. Don't you like that? Because people think they got to have things a certain way at a certain time and it's got to come this way. See, that's why some of you miss your blessing. That's why some of you miss your miracle because you're expecting God to do it a certain way at a certain time. But Jesus says, I want to mess up that protocol. I don't want you to pigeonhole me. I don't want you to put me in a box because I'm able to do anything. 
at any time. So Jesus messes up protocol, stops in his track. Come on. You got my attention. Come here. I hear you calling. I hear the people trying to keep you down. I hear all the naysayers. All these people that are thronging me around me, they don't want nothing. They just want to see me provide something else for them. Maybe food, maybe water. Maybe just to see what else I'm going to do. Maybe even to criticize me. But you two want something. So come here. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, not in the book of Mark, that the one that we know by the name of Blind Bartimaeus, he performs an action. <laughs> this is why I believe that Matthew points out Bartimaeus because he performs an action because in the book of Mark it does not record that both of them did the same action only the book of Matthew records that one of them by the name of Bartimaeus performed an action because faith without works hallelujah so the Bible says that this man by the name of Bartimaeus as he's going to Jesus he removes a garment he does not strip off his clothes, oh no, but he had on a garment that represented a handicap. Oh yes. Uh-huh. He had on the garment because that's what they had at that particular time. Anytime you had any type of handicap, any type of disability, anything that would cause you to hinder other people according to what people say. They had garments. And this garment represented that they have some sort of handicap. The Bible says that Barnabas, as Jesus calls him, he removed that garment that represented the handicap. We don't read that in the book of Mark. We only read that in the book of Matthew. So that's what I'm saying. I believe that's why Bartimaeus is known here because the other blind men probably did not see Bartimaeus do that. But this particular person had enough faith. Now the other blind man, he still had faith, but this one said, if he called me, I know it's going to be done. I'm here to tell somebody that you're in the right place. And as Jesus calls you, you ought to perform Form faith not waiting until you come to an altar not waiting until I call an altar call but knowing right where you are Jesus is able to heal you Jesus is able to deliver you right where you are you can throw your hands up and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right where you are Jesus can change you because he enjoys messing up protocol And so now we find where this blind man by the name of Bartimaeus has removed his garment and came to Jesus. Now, this is interesting here. Because Jesus stops, calls them. They both come to Jesus. They both cried out. Bartimaeus removes his garment saying, I'm going to be healed today. They get to Jesus, and this is where the mind of Christ comes in. Because then Jesus asks them a question. Hmm. The Bible says, and Jesus stood still and said, 
What do you want me to do? Now, that's not what the scripture says. That's Eddie Robinson version. You know, what will ye have shall I do unto thee? What do you want from me? Now, isn't that an interesting question? Here's someone that cried. They were shut down. They cried harder. Jesus stops, calls upon them. One displays so much faith that he removes the garment that represents the handicap. Now, you would think once they get to Jesus, he already knows what they want. But he asks them, what do you want from me? Why would he ask that question? Because he wants to see, where's your mind at? What kind of mindset do you have right now? What are you thinking right now? What do you want from me? Now, you would think these blind men would have said, Jesus, you know what we want. You know why we're here. You realize we cannot see. Now, the scripture does not say this in detail, but it's no doubt they had to be guided to where Jesus was. So it was very obvious that these men could not see and wanted their sight. But see, this is why having the mind of Christ is so important. Because Jesus wanted to know, where is your mind at? What kind of mind do you have? I know what you want. I know what you're seeking. But do you really want it? Because there are some that can come to Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what ability or disability you have. All you care about is your salvation. Oh, can I talk to you? Uh, because some folks only focus on the healing, on the miracles, on the supernatural, but yet they don't care about their soul. But we ought to be a people that care more about our soul than anything else in this world. That despite it doesn't matter what I'm going through, if I have not repented, if I have not told God I need a change in my life, if I haven't told the Lord, work on me, Jesus, that I can be a better man, I can be a better individual. Because some of us want the things taken away from us, but we don't want a closer walk with Jesus. I'm telling you, if you just have a desire, a mindset to have a closer walk with Jesus, all the things that you struggle with, I promise you, the Lord will help rem I need a witness right now has anybody drawn closer to Jesus and God has helped remove the things from your life because I have seen people receive miracle after miracle can I tell a, a quick testimony here that brother Carson you shared with me he was saying there was a man that came to him and he had a severe case of cancer I believe and was only given so many months to live brother Carson begins to let him know that God is able to heal that cancer but the most important thing is your soul this young man came and he believed he was baptized and the story goes that after he was baptized, he went back to the doctor and the cancer was completely gone. Yeah. 
it was completely gone doctors could not explain it not one bit now you would think if God did that for you you would come running back to the house of the Lord giving God glory and giving God praise you would think he would come and sit on that front row and not wait till the song starts but he would begin to dance he would begin to worship he would begin to praise the Lord because look what the Lord has done but yet after all of that the man never showed back up in the church not one time did he come back so the mind of Christ is what do you want why are you here what do you need what do you want from the Lord you've come you've cried you've prayed you've worshiped we've worshiped the more people have tried to hinder you from being here but now that you're here what do you want because just because you're here that doesn't mean you receive what you need Jesus is asking somebody what do you want oh I'm talking to somebody this morning what do you want what do you want what do you, what do you need now that seems like a a silly question, don't it? What, what, what do you want? But the blind man comes to Jesus and he asks that same question. What do you want? They say, Lord, that I might see. I want to be able to see. I want my eyes to be open. That's what we want. Because see, Jesus doesn't just take our attendance and our showing up. As validation, the word validation for what we need. But it takes people like you and I to open up our mouth and say, Lord, this is what I want. Listen, I'm trying to help somebody here today because the days of frustrating and being mad at God, those got to be over. We're getting mad at God because he's not doing what we want, but yet we're not telling him what we need. But yet we're saying, I'm showing up, God. I'm here. I'm doing what I think I know to do, but yet what we need is not being answered because God is saying, you're not telling me what you want. God knows all things. Why do I have to tell him? Oh, uh, yes. Why? Why? He knows. I don't need to say anything if he already knows. Yeah. When my kids come into my room, I know what they want. Candy, food, drink. They don't come in there for no other reason. Unless we hear a big thump. Ah! We know what you want then too. I know what they need, what they want. But we still say, what can I help you with, baby? What do you need? What do you want? Why? Because we want to hear from their mouth. We want to hear them say it. We want to hear them ask. Because if I was just to assume all the time, based on their history, and give them what I think they want, it may not be their need at that particular time. Right. 
hallelujah. We've got to be able to say it. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So we can't get mad at God because of the things we're not receiving. But the Bible is strategically and specifically letting us know that in order to receive it, you got to speak it. And I'm here to tell you, there you are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. You are surrounded by people of God, men and women of God, that have received blessing after blessing, miracle after miracle, healing after healing. Why? Because they cried and said, Lord, I need your help. Has anybody here ever cried unto the Lord and said, God, heal my body. Lord, deliver my soul. God, save my children. God, mend my family. Has anybody here ever cried unto the Lord and you seen God answer? Hallelujah. That's the mind of Christ. So in order for you and I to have the mind of Christ, talk. Talk. Say it. Voice it. Speak it. Don't just sit there and say, The Bible says they cried unto the Lord because they already missed him once. They missed him once. They said, uh-uh, I'm not letting this opportunity pass me by again because he went in once and we was busy with other things. We went in once and we didn't believe it was him. He went in once and now we think that our opportunity, our window of opportunity is closing. But once he came back out, they said, oh, no, I don't care. I, I, I guarantee they was nudging each other. Hey, I think that's him. That's him. That's him. You better get up. Get up. Jesus. Oh, be quiet. Jesus. Oh, be quiet. I'm not crying out for you. I don't need you right now. Move out of my way. Jesus. Oh, be quiet. Jesus. He's not here for you. I keep telling you. He's too far away. He's already gone. Jesus. I'm going to keep crying. Jesus. Because today may be the day where I get his attention and he touches my life. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, you can change everything. <laughs> he can change everything. Everything. Uh, mm. He can change everything. See, if some of you only knew my story, there's no purpose for me to be standing here. Absolutely zero. I still step back and just laugh a little bit. 
<laughs> Jesus can change everything. When I thought I was done, when I thought I don't deserve to preach anymore. Ministry, what's that? It's over. No one will look at me the same. Won't be treated the same way. Cared about the same way. Thought life was depression. Didn't want to leave the house. Didn't want to leave my room. Sitting in dark rooms with lights off. Literally. Sitting in dark rooms, lights off. Didn't want to move. Didn't want to leave the house. Didn't want to see nobody. Sure didn't want to talk to nobody. Get tired of answering the same questions. You get tired of the rumors. You get tired of all the stories that you hear about yourself. You get sick of those things and all the things that everybody's hearing, everybody's saying. Stories change ten times. get to a place where you just feel like I don't I don't know I don't know what to do I don't know what to do until one day a man picked up the phone called me he's married to one of my family members and the only reason I picked up the phone was because I thought my family member was in trouble because typically he just doesn't call me and so I just thought something must be wrong and I put my own self-pity to the side for those 10 seconds just to say hello and through that phone call he says hey brother how you doing well that's a terrible question to ask me right now hey brother how you doing but you know what we say I'm okay we all right. <laughs> Should have repented right there just for lying. <laughs> lying. Hey, brother, I just want you to know I love you. That's all I called you for. I just want you to know I love you. You were on my mind this week. And I just want you to know that every time you come to our church, woo, that we love you. We love your preaching. Man, you're such a person of faith. It's like you can believe God can do anything. Uh, and here I was telling myself that he could not do anything. Because I didn't want to do nothing. Didn't want to go anywhere. Didn't want to see anybody. Didn't want to talk to anybody. So I began to not even listen to my own messages. I can preach other people happy. Oh, I could preach it to your feet. I have folks that don't even kick, kick. Like, man, what? Did my leg? I may have to go get that checked out. I don't Preacher happy. But yet I was drying and dying on the inside. And because someone just called and just said, man, you believe. It just seems that way. It seems like you believe Jesus can do anything. 
that phone call. It was one call that changed this. It changed my mind. I said, I do believe Jesus can do anything. I've been saying that for years. It was that one time, that one chance, that I had to start doing this. I had to start wiping my tears. I had to turn on some lights in that house. I had to be able to pick myself up. I had to be able to say, I'm moving on. I don't know what tomorrow may hold, but today I've got to move on. I don't know what next week may hold, but today I've got to move on. I don't know what's going to happen in my life a year from now, but today I've got to make a change. Today I've got to make a choice. Today I've got to make a decision because I believe that Jesus can do anything. Let's stand to our feet right now. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's magnify the Lord. Let's lift our voice. Clap your hands. Lift your voice unto the Lord if you know and believe that Jesus can do anything. Come on, cry unto the Lord. Cry unto the Lord. (laughs) 